0: dancers are three times as likely when compared to the general population to struggle with an eating disorder. There are many reasons that can explain this increased risk and one of them is an increased prevalence of disordered eating amongst the dance community. But what exactly is disordered eating and how does it differ from eating disorders? That's what we're going to cover today. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in all things food, nutrition, health for dancers. I'm here to show you not only how to utilize food as a way to optimize your performance, but of course to do this in a way that also promotes supportive habits at your mealtimes. I really want to dive into the topic of disordered eating because it's super important that dancers understand how to identify And if they suspect that they might be struggling, know how to appropriately intervene upon these challenges. Let's first talk a little bit about what disordered eating is. And the best way to do this is to think of it as a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, we have, let's just say, intuitive eating. Now back up, I've spoken about this many times before, At this point, I'm hoping that you have a better understanding that intuitive eating is not necessarily I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry and I'm going to stop when I'm full. That's not what I talk about when I'm referring to intuitive eating or being on this one end of the spectrum where we could even consider, let's just say, and I quote, normal eating. This side of the spectrum of eating behaviors encompasses the ability and accessibility to nourish our bodies, and whatever that might look like for a dancer. In other words, you have the ability and access to provide your body with reliable, consistent, and adequate food and nutrition. Now, as we move along this spectrum, this is where we start to see eating habits shift. It could start as something as simple as meal planning or trying to stick to certain times during your day to eat meals and snacks. Now, of course, you often hear me talk about proactive fueling and the benefit of having some flexible structure in your busy and active dance day. What I'm referring to on the spectrum of disordered eating is a more rigid, type of meal planning. Trying to abide by very specific eating times to the point where it's causing other challenges throughout your day. Perhaps you're unable to participate in certain events or you might develop some fears around eating past a certain time at night, let's just say 8 p.m. as just an example. And as we move along this spectrum of eating patterns, we see the potential for more and more types of habits to be picked up. Dieting behaviors clear-cut examples like keto dieting or intermittent fasting but also those lesser obvious behaviors like and i quote clean eating a topic you hear me speak about often rigidity around having to eat foods that are particularly lesser processed or whole or and i quote clean or pure. What society has deemed as being acceptable or healthy. And as we continue to move along this spectrum, it's important to also consider that many dancers might try to pick up these behaviors from a place of good intent, believe it or not. Wanting to improve performance, wanting to improve certain health markers. Because of the prevalence of diet culture and associated misinformation surrounding diet and wellness culture, The likelihood of dancers picking up behaviors like calorie counting or macro counting or rigid meal planning is very likely. And these are the very behaviors that we start to see along this spectrum of disordered eating. And as we move along this spectrum to a higher degree of disordered eating, we start to see extreme rigidity around these behaviors. And the likelihood that having to abide by any of these specific behaviors is also impacting other aspects of your life. So here's a common one that I see amongst dancers, the consistent food thoughts. Very often a product of clean eating behaviors, just wanting to avoid a lot of processed foods or wanting to eat more pure whole foods. What we end up seeing is an overwhelming amount of food thoughts, so much that it begins to interfere with the dancers' capabilities in the studio. Challenges with picking up choreography is just one example. But then of course the challenges of having to stick to some other behaviors, whether it's calorie counting or eating at specific times, this can make attending fun events, cast parties, donor dinners, whatever it might be, this can make attending those events nearly impossible for a dancer. And that's when we see the degree of disordered eating get more and more severe until ultimately a dancer can be diagnosed with eating disorder, having access to that medical care to provide that diagnosis for the support and intervention that's needed might not necessarily always be accessible. And this really lays the groundwork for so much that I do in regards to the outreach on dancenutrition.com and within the Healthy Dancer. Educating dancers about the various risks involved with disordered eating, how that can snowball into more severe eating disorders, and of course, what next steps to take when seeking appropriate care and intervention for these struggles. So as we moved along this and get to this opposite end of the spectrum, eating disorders, it's important to know that there are a variety of types of eating disorder depending on symptoms that a dancer can be classified in, some of which include typical anorexia nervosa, but also atypical anorexia nervosa, bulimia, binge eating disorder, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, and other specified feeding and eating disorders. Now, I'm not gonna dive too deeply into these specific diagnoses, rather, I wanna focus this discussion on disorder eating because the prevalence amongst dancers is so high. We know that disorder eating or restrictive eating behaviors also severely increases a dancer's risk to injury. And my hope is that you becoming aware of the red flags can help in the prevention of an eating disorder. What's really important to understand is that there is no set criteria for this term, disorder eating. In fact, There is a widely accepted term that we do use when describing some behaviors of disordered eating, but not all, and that's orthorexia. Orthorexia is the obsession with healthy eating. This often stems from those creepy eating behaviors, and it's something that is very common amongst dancers. But unlike with the other eating disorders, there is currently no set diagnostic criteria to diagnose orthorexia. I find that dancers are most at risk for the development of orthorexia because of the amount of sports nutrition information that they often stumble upon in their nutrition education. This, when coupled with the unfortunate and unattainable body ideals that are set forth by dancer diet culture, paves the way for an increased risk of the development of orthorexia. And by the way, a preoccupation with food can start pretty young, especially for dancers who at very young ages can experience a lot of surveillance from others around how their body looks, or even just the foods that they're eating. So an example could be studio talk with dance educators or dance friends. And then of course, even at home with parents and guardians. And then of course, as dancers get older and are exposed to social media, more and more misinformation surrounding nutrition can spiral into an obsession with wanting to eat healthy, wanting to solely eat for the purpose of performance, ultimately driving orthorexic tendencies. The bottom line, Intentional food restrictions or underfueling leads to a lot of overthinking. Around food, and unfortunately, a lot of these clean eating behaviors and a lot of the verbiage that's used with food, like healthy foods, unhealthy foods, it's commonplace in dancer diet culture. And because of that, disorder eating in of itself is not only normalized but arguably even glorified in dancer diet culture. We see a lot of dancers who might start partaking in these behaviors, and if they experience an initial weight loss, we might see compliments from peers or dance educators. We might see these dancers being cast for specific roles, having more attention on them, continuing to exacerbate the potential for these disordered eating behaviors. And as I just mentioned, alongside some of those other eating disorders, anorexia comes alongside a very specific set of criteria that's used for diagnosis. Some of which include inadequate food intake to meet your body's needs, an overwhelming amount of fear towards weight gain, and an extreme association between your body's weight and your self-worth. Now, though there are similarities, orthorexia is different from anorexia. Orthorexia, on the other hand, prioritizes those clean, unprocessed, pure, and whole foods with an ultimate goal to achieve this culturally constructed view of health. So similarly amongst these disorders, a dancer who exhibits either of them is attempting to micromanage their meal plan with an ultimate goal. And here's the difference for anorexia, it's to lose weight. For orthorexia, it's to achieve that culturally constructed view of health. Now there could also be weight goals with a dancer who's struggling with orthorexia as well. So as I mentioned, there really is no specific set of criteria, but what's important to understand is that a dancer's risk for developing either of these disorders is extremely high. And that risk is driven by disordered eating behaviors that arguably parallel those of dieting behaviors and clean eating behaviors. I also wanna make it extremely clear that eating disorders, whether anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia, whatever it might be, they don't have a look. We can't know whether or not a dancer is struggling with an eating disorder solely by the shape, weight, or size of their bodies. So when it comes to diagnosis and intervention, we need to look at the entire picture. We are not just looking at weight. We're looking at behaviors. We're looking at other clear signs and symptoms, such as how much are these behaviors impacting a dancer's life? or other aspects of their life, whether that's their studio time, or maybe their social life, whatever it might be. We are looking at the entire picture. We're not just focused on what a dancer's weight is to diagnose an eating disorder. The same holds true for disordered eating. Anyone, actually arguably everyone, can struggle with disordered eating, especially because of the prevalence of dancer diet culture and the associated misinformation. So what actually is the issue when it comes to disordered eating? Well, there's many, some of which I've spoken about previously, but just to name some, physical injury, mental burnout, social isolation, emotional distress, metabolic impairments like a slowed metabolism, and those of which can be directly experienced in the studio, like muscle loss, challenges with coordination, a diminished overall endurance capacity, just to name a few. Now, how can dancers know if their eating habits are either disordered or becoming disordered? So I want you to consider a few things here. First, where do you stand with food quality? Are these concerns feeling overwhelming? to you, to the point where you actually feel anxious when you don't necessarily know the ingredients in your meals, or you haven't necessarily been the one to prepare your meals. And then of course, thoughts about food and exercise. Now, excitement about an upcoming dinner, wanting to look at the menu. I mean, these are all harmless behaviors. But when it starts to feel overwhelming, when you feel like you can't necessarily eat out with friends or partaking social gatherings around food simply because of the anticipatory anxiety experience, that's where we need to start seeking support. And the same holds true for exercise habits. If you feel like you are utilizing your dancing or your cross-training as ways to compensate for eating, No matter what you're eating or how much you're eating, if you're utilizing these behaviors to make up for or compensate for eating patterns, then we want to, again, start to seek additional support. Body image is a big one. If you're struggling with an overwhelming amount of negative body image and negative self-talk, this also increases your risk to a stronger severity of disordered eating and where additional support is gonna be essential. Inflexible eating patterns. I often see this with dancers with late night eating. A lot of dancers thinking that they need to stop eating after 8 p.m. That's a myth, by the way. The truth is having that post-performance refuel is gonna be essential to your body's recovery. But if you're struggling with mealtime inflexibility or inflexibility around the types of foods you're eating, then we're gonna need to chat. Also, as I mentioned earlier, any sort of emotional distress, if and when your food rules are broken. In fact, when it comes to this spectrum of disordered eating and learning how to identify its signs, we can look at all aspects of our being. Physical signs like chronic fatigue, shortness of breath, lanugo or a thin like hair that develops over the body irritability difficulty concentrating infertility and challenges with falling asleep at night we can also consider behavioral signs of disordered eating i've spoken about a bunch already compulsive checking of ingredient lists above average concern over the foods you're eating and how they're prepared. Cutting out an increasing number of foods from your meal plan solely because of fears over the foods processing or ingredients or other suspected health ailments with that food. High levels of interest surrounding what others around you are eating. So if you're super concerned about what everyone else around you is eating, that could be a sign of your own struggles with food. Binging or purging behaviors, this also involves those exhaustive cross-training routines. The need to pack safe foods for yourself for an event because of fears of what might be served. Psychological signs of disordered eating, this could be food guilt. Isolation is a big one. If you are feeling isolated because of the various food rules that you are trying to abide to, then it's time to seek support. An all or nothing mindset, perfectionism, and of course, food anxiety. So what should dancers do if they suspect they're struggling with disordered eating? Well, the first thing, we want to seek credible support. So I cannot stress this enough, but when it comes to food and nutrition information, this is where relying on a licensed professional is going to be super important. A licensed professional, when it comes to food and nutrition, this is a registered dietitian nutritionist or a licensed dietitian nutritionist. You always wanna check those credentials, especially when it comes to someone giving you food, nutrition advice, or meal planning support. Now we're gonna take it one step further. Working with a dietitian who's not only versed in working with dancers, but also who has advanced certifications in the various interventions that we utilize in the treatment of disorder eating and eating disorders. So one such example, certification as an intuitive eating counselor, advanced certification in eating disorders. These are important credentials that you wanna be on lookout for, even when it comes to that licensed provider. And of course, while we're here, I'm gonna have to chat about my program, The Healthy Dancer. I even have a free seven day trial for you to consider in addition to my free welcome workshop, which happens a few times a year. If you're suspecting the struggle with food, you're not quite sure if this sounds relatable or you feel like it really does sound relatable, you would benefit from joining the healthy dancer. We'll start by dismantling a lot of dancer diet culture, a lot of those confusing messages. We'll move right along through making peace with food, beginning to regain that intuitive ability to nourish our bodies from a place of self care not self-control we'll move into building supportive self-talk especially around our body image and of course we'll even learn how to utilize nutrition information and performance nutrition but in a way that's not overpowering nor obsessive. i cannot stress this enough dancers If you feel like any of the information in today's discussion feels relatable, then reach out. We can schedule a complimentary call, talk a bit more about how my services as a dietitian for dancers can help you and next steps that you can take to building a more supportive and of course sustainable relationship with food and how you're fueling your body. Until then, I will talk to you soon.